Well, hey everyone, Pastor Stephen here, and I want to thank you for checking out this message from Journey Church. I hope that it encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus than ever before. If you are joining us today online or through the live stream, we are so excited that you are with us. However, we are not meant to do life alone, so don't let online media be a substitute for an actual community of faith and fellowship. God created us to do life with one another so that we can grow together on life's journey. We hope that you enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. I would like to begin by saying how much we appreciate Journey. It's been a couple of years now that we had a chance encounter, which is really a God encounter. I don't believe in chance encounters. They're God encounters. Waiting to be seated at Perkins. And Candy and Tanisha and Sawyer were there. And Sawyer never knew me from Adam, came running up and jumped into my arms. And I just happened to mention we were looking for a church. (laughs) And here we are still to this day and love it. And I want to say to our praise team, regardless of who are up here, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Give them a hand. Over here to my left, over here, is this beautiful lady with sitting in the second row, the second seat in. She hates it when I point her out. But this last Wednesday, we celebrated 59 years. Every year I buy her a sympathy card and she appreciates it very much. I'm just glad she asked me to marry her. You know, there is a story behind that too. I don't want to get into all this, but we were had wedding rehearsal and I'll never forget it. I, I wasn't a Christian at that time, anything but a Christian. She was a preacher's kid, married the farthest thing from a preacher she could find. And look what happened. But we after rehearsal and we were getting ready to go to the dinner, I think maybe at my parents, I can't remember. I mean, that's a long time ago. <laughs> she said, you never have asked me to marry you. So after the rehearsal in my old Studebaker, I asked her to marry me. <laughs> I was afraid she was going to say no. <laughs> I not waiting that long. But I am so glad she didn't. An only child, kid. Four children later, 12 grandchildren later, and eight great-grandchildren, and we're still plugging away. And we don't plan to quit for a long, long time. A little boy was uh, every year, I mean, every year Christmas came, he would just bug his dad to death. He wanted a Christmas tree, but each year the dad would just say, I'm sorry, but I don't want to pay for it. Year after year, this went on. He'd say, Dad, please get us a Christmas tree. And Dad would answer, I don't want to pay for it. But the son just kept begging, and finally the dad just couldn't take it any longer. And he couldn't put up that son's whining, and so finally he said, okay, I'll get one. He said, and he grabbed his axe, and he headed out the house. 
And a few minutes later, he came with this great, big, beautiful Christmas tree. And he said, uh, the son said to him, he said, how did you cut down that tree so fast? Father replied, I didn't cut it down. I went to the tree lot and bought it. Well, then why did you bring the axe? I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> I don't know how many of you grew up like this. Uh, I remember in some of our early ministries, our different small groups, we would have a, a, a Christmas parties. And a lot of times these Christmas parties, you had to bring a white elephant gift. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever done that. It was so interesting. I mean, you would get all kinds of white elephant gifts. You know, it's um, a white elephant gift is basically something that's cheap, that's, cheap, that's weird, something that uh, maybe you bought when you had a leave of your senses. I don't know, but, but they are kind of serve the same purpose as fruitcakes. Get rid of them. You know, the goal is to give them to some unsuspecting kind of a person. You know, maybe preferably an in-law or something like that. And a white elephant gift is what we might call a second or third rate gift. It's an outcast gift. It's a, what we might call a thrift store reject. The kind of giving you only see this time of year that's made in countries that you can't even pronounce the names of them. Well, now, usually they're given as a joke. That's the general reason. And sometimes they're given because, quite frankly, well, you can't afford a real gift. So you give something like hoping that maybe the humor of the situation will kind of cover your inability to give something on a more expensive scale. Now, at times in the past, and I can remember this so well, and I had two sisters, still have two sisters, and by the way, my oldest one is in ICU right now with COVID and double pneumonia. She's 82. Appreciate prayers for Patty, if you would, as well as for our staff here. And the reason I'm here today, it's kind of hit home, uh, this, this virus. But... We used, as a family began to grow, we had to realize everybody couldn't buy a gift for everybody. It was just too expensive. And so we would draw names for the gift giving, usually at Thanksgiving when we'd get together. And um, we'd then draw those names out. And, you know, sometimes we'd, well, let's face it, you might pull out a name of somebody in the family you really didn't like that well. You know, it could be some twisted uncle or something like that. And maybe this person has really treated you badly in the past. and Maybe they stole something for you. What kind of gift would you give to that person? Would they maybe be a candidate for a white elephant gift? Now imagine that a new rule was introduced in your family this year. And here was the rule. The person whose name that you drew is allowed to request anything they wanted and you are required to give it to them. And it so just happens that this person has demanded your most cherished material possession in the world. I mean, maybe it's your boat or your car or, or your motorcycle or maybe your pet dog that you've had for years. Maybe it's a, a precious heirloom that has been passed down through the generations that you just really love and has, have real, has real sentimental value to you. Or maybe it's just a picture of you and your dad holding the first fish that you caught. Could you give it to them? Let's turn in our Bibles today to see God's wonderful gift. 
I'm going to be reading from John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Very, very familiar passage of scripture, but one that cannot ever be overstressed. It's God's wonderful gift to us. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. And in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, again, another very familiar scripture to those of us who are Christians. Paul, in writing to the Christians in Ephesus, said, God's grace has saved you because of your faith in Christ. Your salvation doesn't come from anything you do. No one can brag about earning it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your gift. We're thankful that it wasn't a white elephant gift, that it was your most cherished gift. Father, we would pray that we would realize during this Christmas season just how precious that gift is. Father, we would also to thee offer our prayers to all those who are suffering from this horrible virus that is going around. We especially pray for those of our staff that are unable to be here today because of testing positive. We would pray for healing for those who are battling this. We would pray that this healing would bring glory and honor and praise to you. And we just pray that all that we say and do during these next few minutes would be in accordance with your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to take a brief look at God's gift-giving pattern and see what it is that maybe we can learn and how to, about how to appreciate and reflect God during this time of giving. As you can tell from the title of the message, and by the way, it's a question mark at the end of it. It says, White Elephant Gift? As you can tell, we're going to be focusing on the fact that God's way of giving never included second or third rate gifts. There are three things that I want us to consider today. Number one, God gives different kinds of gifts. Number two, God has a style of giving. And number three, his motivation for giving is love. First of all, God gives different kinds of gifts. The first one he gives to us is eternal life. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, When you sin, the pay you get is death. But God gives you the gift of eternal life because of what Christ Jesus our Lord has done. But he doesn't just give us eternal life. There are a lot more gifts he gives to us. One of them is peace. Jesus, as he is concluding his earthly ministry, knew he was about to be leaving the earth, going back into heaven, wanted to comfort his disciples. And he said this in John 14, verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. But God's gift doesn't stop there. 
He also gives us a gift for faith and salvation, for grace and faith that's for salvation. Remember he read a moment ago in a little bit different uh, translation here, when Ephesians 2, Paul said, God's grace has saved you because of your faith in Christ. Your salvation doesn't come from anything that you do. It is God's gift. It is not based on anything you have done. No one can brag about earning it. But God's gift giving doesn't stop there either. God gives us wisdom for the trials of life. It was James as he was beginning to write his letter in verse 5 said, But if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. He is generous to everyone and will give you wisdom without criticizing you. But he doesn't stop there. When our Lord Jesus Christ began his ministry, he set a lot of principles out uh, in the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount of things that he would be expected of, of his followers to do. And one of them was he didn't want them to worry. So in Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33, Jesus said, now those that were going to be following him, he said, so don't worry. Don't say, what shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what will we wear? People who are ungodly run after all these things. Your Father who is in heaven knows that you need them, but put God's kingdom first. Do what he wants you to do, then all of those things will also be given to you. But you know, that's not all the blessings. He finally just kind of summed it up to where other other blessings. And it is John, in beginning the, his uh, gospel letter, in John chapter 1, verse 16, he realized, and of course when he wrote this, he was, had already walked with Jesus and was getting well late on in his life. And he said this, in John 1, 16, we have all received one blessing after another. God's grace is not limited. Isn't that wonderful? But secondly, God has a style of giving. Did you know that God's gifts are good? Listen again to James, this time chapter 1, verse 17, where he said that every good action and every perfect gift is from God. These good gifts come down from the creator of the sun, moon, and stars, who does not change like their shifting shadows. Did you catch that? Every good and perfect gift from above is coming down to us from the Father, and he's one that doesn't change. So question I have this morning is this. Do any of these gifts we just considered qualify as a white elephant gift? I don't think so. They're all good gifts. They're worth having and worth desiring from the hand of God. But secondly, his gifts are also generous. Again, in writing to the Ephesian Christians, Paul wrote this in Ephesians 1, verse 3. Give praise to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Those blessings come from the heavenly world. They belong to us because we belong to Christ. You know, what happens is when we take God as our Lord and Savior... We become heirs, 
Now, we're not heirs with Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg, but we become heirs with Christ. Now, let that sink in just a little bit. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God of Gods, we become his heir. What a blessing that is to become his heir. You know, the point is that if we want to reflect God's gift-giving pattern, we need to think of not what can we get away with in giving, but rather, how can I bless the person that is going to receive this gift? And lastly, his motivation is love. You know, it's ironic during this time when we are kind of in more of a, of a giving mood, we find ourselves often with the dilemma of giving something to someone out of obligation. You know, instead of the desire to really bless them. You know what I mean, someone gave you a gift and well, I guess I better give them one back. Did you realize that God does not have to give us gifts? We don't deserve them. In fact, if we deserved the gifts that God gave to us, they wouldn't be gifts, would they? They'd be wages that we earned from working for them. You see, a real gift is something that is given out of the desire to bless the person receiving the gift, not out of obligation. I was looking this week and found that in the scriptures there's over 330 references to blessing. And over 300 of those is God blessing his people. And what is his motivation for showering his people with blessing? The bottom line is love. His love for each and every one of us. For every person that has ever been created, ever been born, and every person who ever will be born, his motivation to love, uh, to, to give us his gifts is simply love. Again, remember that. Now, I kind of like the way the contemporary English version puts the John 3, 16 and 17. It, it, it adds a word there that I like. It says, sin, just say God loved the world. It says, God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has in faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. You see, God did not send his son into the world to condemn its people. He sent him to save them. See, the father loves, loves, loves to give to his children. Think about that for a minute. Why do we give gifts to our family at Christmas? Oh, yes, of course, there's tradition. But the bottom line is our desire to see our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids' face just light up when they open up a gift and find something they really, really wanted. And it breaks our heart when we cannot give like we would like to give. Several years ago, a fellow pastor shared with me this story of a man had come into his office and Right after he left, he said, I sat down at my desk and I typed out the his story the best as I could remember it because it really proves a point. And let me share that story with you. This young man came to his pastor and he said, a number of years ago, I found myself in a position where I could not provide for my family very well. 
We were in all kinds of government assistance for food and medical care. I was working full-time but bringing home less than $800 per month with a wife and a baby girl and one on the way. Thankfully, the baby was easy to please. I don't remember what I got of that year, but what really hurt was that I couldn't do something special for my wife. I don't remember what I ended up getting her, but it sure wasn't what I would have liked. My wife, being the awesome lady she is, she didn't complain. She was really wonderful about it. I simply could not afford to give her what she deserved. I still can't. Not because of anything financial, but simply because her worth increases in my eyes all the time. They don't make gifts good enough for her. Other times I could not give enough to my kids, but they never really knew the difference. And God always seemed to make up what we were lacking. Then he closed with this. He says, here's the bottom line. I wanted to give gifts to my kids and wife for no other reason than that I loved them. I just wanted to give gifts. All of you with children know that feeling. Now magnify that feeling countless times over and you might get a little bit of the sense of how God wants to bless his children. He wants to shower his love upon us. You know, Jesus mentions in the scriptures that even evil fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. And then he reminds them how much more does our heavenly father desire to give us good gifts. That's not a promise for material wealth, but for his provision for everything we need to live for him. What a great God we have. He loves us and it drives him to bless us with countless gifts. Have either, every, any of you here either read the book or saw the movie, Mommy Dearest? I saw it many years ago. It chronicles a bitter relationship between Christine Crawford and her mother, actress Joan Crawford. One of the most memorable parts of both the book and the movie is where the film crew is at their house when Christine was young. Joan was already a famous movie star and this crew was there to interview Joan and her husband and the kids about their Christmas celebration. When the interviewer asked Joan about the children opening up the gifts given by their parents and the adoring fans, the answer was shocking, at, at least to me. She said that the children had to earn the gifts before they could receive them. Doesn't sound like much of a gift, does it? I'm sure the gifts themselves were enjoyable, but the thought of earning a gift kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I, I think so. And requiring someone to earn their gifts certainly doesn't reflect the character of God. So this morning... If you've never come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted that wonderful gift, I say, receive that gift from God himself. Remember those words? 
God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him may not be lost but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. God gave his son so that you and I could have eternal life. And the Bible tells us that's a free gift from God. But you know something interesting about that gift? Not only is it not earned, but it's also not automatic. Now what do I mean by that? For a gift to really matter to the person it is intended for, it has to be received by that person, and that person has to take possession of it. It cannot be earned, no matter the amount of good works. Think of the most awesome person in the world who has done the most good in your opinion, and I can think of several, even some aren't Christians. But all of their good works will not get them to God because it's a free gift. The Bible says that all our personal righteousness, all the goodness we have and all we do in our own is nothing but filthy rags to God. They don't get us to heaven. Remember those words? God's grace has saved you because of your faith in Christ. Your salvation doesn't come from anything you do. It is God's gift. It is not based on anything you have done. No one can brag about it. I want to tell you this morning, if you've never accepted that gift... The best gift you could receive yourself and the best gift that you could really give to your family is accept God's gift of grace through his son, Jesus Christ. If you've never done it, oh, please do it. Like I mentioned, we came a couple of years ago and we've met a lot of wonderful, beautiful people here. And I would hate to get to heaven and not find one of you there. Oh, how I'd hate that. If you've never named Jesus Christ, if you've never, you know, the Bible tells us anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on him. Say, God, I accept your gift today. I want to be your heir. Father in heaven, may we not leave here today without Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are Christians, who have received that gift, may we realize how wonderful that gift is and share it with others. In Christ's name we pray. Hey, thanks for listening to that message from Journey Church. Be sure to stop by our website, journeychurchgillette.com and check out past sermons and learn how to get plugged in with us. Also, if you would like to give to Journey to help us continue doing ministry in ways like this, just hit the give button on our website to support us on this mission. Hey, I hope that you have a great day and may God bless you.